0: Hello and welcome back to Gentleman, Redefining Manhood in the 21st Century. My name is Arjuna, I'm your host. What I want to talk about today is what's missing from the conversation. So let's clarify. I want to talk about the parts of men's development, the men's movement, the conversation around how men can and should be in the world, which has become quite active. It's a topic of conversation which is gaining speed as more people such as Jordan Peterson enter the conversation. As young men continue to be radicalized by news media outlets like Breitbart, there's a lot that's been discussed around what men should do or what men could do to be basically more responsible participants of their society. There are many differences of opinion, of course, and there always are going to be around what right conduct is. A lot of those differences are seated in ideological disagreements about how people should be, about the way that society is structured, about the way power is distributed. There's a lot of call to vulnerability, which is happening with men right now. There are a lot of people predominantly on the right side of the political spectrum who are noticing that there is currently an opportunity to reach and speak to a lot of vulnerable men, especially young men. And they notice that there is an opportunity to recruit these men to their ideologies and to their causes. It's very noticeable, it's well documented. I'm not going to go into the specifics of that, but it's definitely happening. So that's One strong branch, I would say, of the, you could call it propaganda, you could just call it this clarion call to try to attract disenfranchised men. Now, there's a second branch that I see jumping up, emerging to serve this group of men. And it's basically self-improvement for men. You have these podcasts, YouTube channels, you have some mentors, who are coming forward with a message of, yes, men are feeling disempowered right now. Men are feeling confused about the role of men in their society. Men are feeling whatever kind of discomfort and disenfranchisement they're feeling. And we're going to provide them with tools for how to improve their lives to get themselves on a better track, on a more responsible track, on a track that's going to make them better participants in society. And we're going to do that through educating these men on these various ways that they can basically get back in the driver's seat in their lives. A lot of this material is, it's very, very basic self-improvement stuff. Workout tips. There's this whole stoicism thing. All of these men looking back to the stoics for inspiration on how to live a right life. There's a lot of conduct stuff there. A lot of mindset stuff. A lot of it's kind of coaching oriented. It follows a similar trajectory as the coaching industry does. So it's highlighting places in your life where you're feeling weakness that you could gain empowerment, like financial empowerment or being more assertive or sticking up for yourself. And then, you know, you have people like Jordan Peterson. I've said his name a number of times because he's a really prominent thinker in the field right now. Who He's really talking about responsibility, and he's really talking about men needing to try to start families if they can, men needing to think about their careers, men needing to get basically plugged into a lot of the usual channels that people find in their lives to focus their effort. Now, of course, he's not just talking to men. He phrases his materials more broadly, but a lot of his audience is male. And I think he has a lot to say to young men. And I think especially young men are really following him and looking up to him for guidance. So his message is basically one of responsibility. I don't have any issue with that message of responsibility on its face. I might take issues with some of the assertions. Like, for example, I don't think that everyone needs to have children in order to feel complete as a human being. But anyway, I'm not really here to debate all of his ideas. So these are two branches I see of outreach and subject matter for men who are trying to find their way in the world. I think that there is a third branch that I feel is notably absent. And it also happens to be a branch of inquiry and direction, which I focus on. I'm not putting myself forward as the sole solution here, but rather just that I think that this is a very underserved part of the conversation. It's a very underexplored part of the conversation. And the opportunity here that I'm talking about, which is going unaddressed is the opportunity for men to heal themselves so let's talk about what kind of healing that is i posit that a lot of the ills in the world that are perpetrated by men these include misogyny violence various misuses of power and social privilege bad man stuff so a lot of this comes from suffering the root of it is really suffering whether it's trauma, whether it's mistreatment, whether it is being underserved by a society, many, if not most, modern societies are not serving men very well. What I mean by that is they're not looking out for men's fundamental well-being. So you can have a society which elevates the privilege of men and gives them more opportunities of various kinds, institutions which are biased towards men. But what I'm talking about is a culture that actually supports men to be whole, happy individuals. Societies which are geared towards men being able to express themselves, men having safe upbringings, men having good role models that steer them in good directions. Now, just to be clear, I think societies should ultimately, in my ideal world, societies would be pointed in the direction of helping everybody get that. So regardless of gender, regardless of any identifier, I think that should be the goal of society is to try at least to make an effort, a good faith effort to allow everyone to be supported, healthy, have their basic needs met and be able to pursue opportunities and interests in their lives. Most societies are doing a very, very poor job of taking care of anyone, quite frankly. And I think that with men in particular, the particular challenges that men face, are, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, not being encouraged to connect with their emotions, being really cut off and deadened emotionally. Men experience a lot of violence in their upbringings. A lot of it's casual. A lot of it's seen as kind of normal and not really examined for the damaging behavior that it is. Things like getting in fights on the playground, having older brothers, siblings, cousins, uncles family members, oftentimes male, beating up on you. A lot of men are just raised in this environment of casual violence, and so they don't really stop to consider it until later in their lives. There are so many aspects of being a healthy, well-rounded person who feels safe in the world, which are denied to men. I think this is one of the many ways in which patriarchy hurts everybody the system hurts everybody. And men, just because they have privilege, it doesn't mean that they get away without harm. When you have a culture which is organized into systems of power, when you have a culture that necessitates certain groups of people being elevated above other groups of people, everybody suffers. It's just a question of how they suffer. So the particular suffering of men in a lot of modern cultures is being raised in a very violent environment, being raised in an environment where men are expected to be very emotionally stunted, being raised in an environment where men are even expected to behave poorly. Men are given examples of men treating women badly, and they're expected to do that. You go out for a drink with your dudes and they're all speaking in this kind of casually misogynistic way about women and cracking bad jokes and carrying on like men do, quote unquote. And you're kind of expected to match this. You're expected to go along with it and crack the jokes and find it funny and report on your sexual conquest with your fellow men. And then if you're not participating in this behavior, you're weird or you're falling short or you're just not. Keeping up with the norms of your friend group. And when you do that, you risk being ostracized. So there's a lot of men who I believe don't really want to participate in that. I think some men actively don't and would rather they not have to do that. I think there are also a lot of men who don't care, but who would not participate in that kind of behavior if the society didn't encourage it, if it wasn't normal. They wouldn't think to do those things or be that way. But men get forced into that kind of behavior. And of course, some men actually like it. Some men revel in it. And then the path is laid. The path is set for them. The whole cultural narrative is aligned so that men can continue to behave that way. So what we have is societies in which men are raised in violence. They're encouraged to be violent. They're encouraged to flex their privilege. They're encouraged to treat other people who aren't men or just anyone. They're encouraged to treat anyone disrespectfully. A lot of men are disrespectful towards other men, even who match a lot of their presenting identifiers. So I posit, and I think it's fairly obvious, that's my opinion, but I do think it's fairly obvious that men are not given the tools in the regular cultural narrative to examine these kinds of conduct. And they're also not given the tools to reckon with this kind of conduct. And I hear relatively little conversation around men addressing this and around men healing it and i especially do not hear much of this conversation happening in male spaces so i think that there are plenty of feminists talking about this i think there are plenty of people in the social sciences talking about this i think there are plenty of people who work in psychology There are definitely people talking about it. There are definitely people thinking about it. But I don't think that this kind of male trauma, both personal and cultural, is really being discussed in male-dominated spaces. And I think it is conspicuously lacking in the conversations of the other two branches of the conversation that I outlined earlier in the podcast not that it's not happening at all. It's not that it's not acknowledged, but conversation in which there's actually a real frankness around it and a real honesty and a real vulnerability and a conversation in which people are really trying to grapple with that and really trying to make headway with it. I think it's lacking. And I think that the conversations that are happening, a lot of them are just, they're not going deep enough. They don't have teeth In order for something to affect a change, it needs to have teeth, it needs to be uncomfortable. In some cases, it needs to be painful, it needs to be fierce, it needs to be focused. So I think that that's what's missing. And that really is the focus of this podcast, is to think about that space and to think about what can be in that conversation and to be ever searching for solutions. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about how we start to work with that, how we start to reckon with that. I think, like I said before, we need to focus more on the particular suffering of men. Oftentimes, the conversation is framed in a way that suggests that privilege doesn't somehow also engender suffering. I really want to be clear on this point that to talk about someone suffering is not to remove the privileges that they have, but rather to recognize the ways in which a person is able to suffer in spite of their privileges and sometimes in a way that the entire system of privileges in the culture creates suffering. Men are hurting. They're really hurting right now. Men are feeling a a loss of purpose. They're feeling disenfranchised. They're feeling disempowered. And I also think that men are starting to actually feel their pain, whether or not they want to. Men are waking up in the morning feeling bad. Maybe they're not exactly sure about why. Or maybe there are some aspects of it that they are clear on, but they're not clear on the roots of it, the deeper fundamental causes. So, for example, you see this a lot in the incel culture, where you have men suffering and openly talking about it not getting the love I want, not getting the sex I want. I don't feel like I'm recognized other people in my community. I don't feel like I have opportunities. I feel downtrodden. I feel shitty. I think that this is an opportunity. A person in, in a state like this has an opportunity to sit down and say, why do I feel so bad? And newsflash, it doesn't start with the things that I just outlined. It doesn't start with, oh, I got rejected by women. That's why I feel bad. That's definitely part of it, but it's not where it starts. At the root, it's really that men are growing up with these harmful ideals about what men should be. And if they can't meet those ideals, they're feeling impotent. They're feeling like failures. When you have a narrow concept of how a man should be and you're not living into that, then you live a very uncomfortable life. In the example of the incel culture, they talk about the chads, right? There's this lingo that's used which outlines a chad as being a man who is basically the patriarchal ideal. He's capable, he's confident, he's competent, he's sexy, he gets what he wants. When you split the world into this paradigm and you look around, there are actually very few chads. There are many, many more men who just for whatever reason are not fitting that description. They're not tall enough, they're not sexy enough, they're not confident enough, they're not whatever enough most men in society don't actually fit this description of the alpha male who just comes and gets what he wants. And I posit that's a good thing. I think if every man behaved that way, society would be even worse off. I really do. So we have men experiencing this kind of pain and suffering. It's an opportunity to sit down and look at yourself and really begin a deeper inquiry into why am I suffering? What's missing in my life? What am I actually yearning for? And when you dig more deeply into it, the things that men tend to be yearning for are the things that everyone wants. Everyone wants to be accepted by their community. Everyone wants to be recognized for the unique and beautiful people that they are. Everyone wants to feel like they have opportunity, whether it's romantic opportunity, social opportunity, economic, work opportunity, all of the various opportunities that people strive to have and strive within. Men want Intimacy. They want to feel loved. They want to feel like they can be loved. They want to feel like they deserve to be loved. Men want companionship. Men want the approval of their peers. Everyone wants this. And when your society is configured in a way that denies a lot of people this, that's when you have such a preponderance, even in what you would call an epidemic. It's a charged word at the moment, but it's true. There's an epidemic of disaffected, disenfranchised young men in the world today who are looking for guidance. When you really start to dig into it, you come to these fundamental places of vulnerability. You start to feel how much pain and suffering there is in the core of your being. You start to realize the constraints that you've been working against. You start to understand the pain of your upbringing. You start to see how it has affected you and how it has directed your actions. And for many of us men, there's an incredible amount of shame. Sometimes it's shame that was unearned. I would call it unearned shame. You never did anything wrong, but other people made you feel shame. This happens a lot in male spaces. You have other men in your peer group shaming you for whatever it is. Maybe you were crying or they just like picking on you. Odd shaming is just a normal part of the interaction. Everyone in the friend group gets shamed. That's the thing that happens a lot. It's just part of the banter. So there's unearned shame and then there's earned shame. That's when you've done something you feel bad about, something that you feel and people generally feel you should not do. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a man who hasn't at some point in their life participated in some pretty shameful behaviors, behaviors they'd like to take back whether it's sexual harassment, sexual assault, other kinds of violence, lying, cheating, stealing, so many things to be ashamed about. I think that you should feel ashamed about having done things like that. I think it's an important part of of growing as a person, taking responsibility and healing, is feeling and experiencing that shame. But you can't get stuck there. And you especially cannot, if you start to transmute that shame into hatred towards other people, if you start trying to scapegoat that shame then you start to create some of these deeper, malignant evils in the culture. And you start to see the possibility for some of the more harmful male behaviors. A lot of men don't handle shame very well. Shame feels like weakness. It's a horrible combination of weakness and self-hatred. And when a person is operating in that state and really grappling with it, and when they're, they're losing the fight, so to speak, with their darker nature, they can do terrible things. So that's something that comes up a lot, feelings of shame. Another one is feeling weak. I think a lot of men experience it as weakness when oftentimes it just comes down to vulnerability, which is not weakness. A lot of men are just very, very uncomfortable feeling vulnerable. And it's because they've grown up with a power struggle their whole lives. Being vulnerable means letting your older brother boss you around. It means letting someone win the wrestling match. Sometimes being vulnerable means getting beaten up. Or having all of the people that you hang out with shaming you these are common experiences for men these are the common things that happen to men that make them feel vulnerable or maybe it's just rejection rejection is deeply vulnerable you asked someone out and they said no people you're attracted to don't want to talk to you it's very common so these are the kinds of feelings that come up vulnerability shame rejection weakness failure And then I think another thing that's coming up a lot right now is this broader feeling. There's this broader feeling among men. They definitely feel it personally, but they also feel it more generally. This worry, like men aren't doing well right now. This is the thought process, right? Is someone thinking, I feel like men are losing status. I feel like men are in trouble. I feel like men generally don't know what to do with themselves. And then that becomes another fixation bit more of this existential worry about where men are headed in society. A lot of men feel that. I think if they feel that and their response is responsible, then they try to get to work getting men headed in a good direction. And if they don't want to behave responsibly, then they harness that towards further negativity, trying to scapegoat, blame feminists or blame immigrants or whoever it is, whoever the flavor of the week is, scapegoat. So all of this stuff is very challenging to confront. It is among the most difficult work anyone can ever do in their lifetime. The process of this kind of healing requires so much courage. It requires so much work, both with therapists and just in your own time, taking the space to think more about your state, to feel into your state, and to do the things that are required to work with that having difficult conversations with people that you care about, having difficult conversations with yourself, changing your habits, changing the people that you hang out with, changing the information you're taking in. It's very difficult. It's alchemical work. You're actually transforming your state. You're altering your reality to do this work. Anyone who has gone into therapy and gone into trauma work and has really taken a look at where they are and has really taken the time to feel into their pain and their suffering, to face the darkness within themselves, will tell you that it is some of the most difficult work you can do, which I think is precisely why it's being left out of the conversation. It's just like Let's talk about racism. One of the reasons why racism and white supremacy are commonly left out of the discourse around things is that it's the hardest part. White supremacy is the hardest part. It's why people don't wanna talk about it. It's too big, it's too ugly, it's too old, it's too evil. People would rather pretend it's not there. It's easier. It's easier, but it's not healthy, and it's not sustainable. It's also not a tip or a hack. It's not something that someone can just turn around and implement in their lives, which is what makes some of this stuff so appealing. A lot of this messaging towards men on the right from people like Ben Shapiro, there are these easy sound bites, easy ideologies, easy ways of thinking and being. It doesn't ask much of you to configure yourself into that worldview. Or let's talk about more of the Jordan Peterson side of things, which is this whole self-betterment thing. Again, I'm not saying it's simple, but it's a lot easier to listen to a podcast talking about how men can stop being Mr. Nice Guy, or exercising tips, or confidence tips and tricks. It's a lot easier to listen to that stuff than it is to listen to a podcast about white supremacy, or to listen to a podcast which spends an hour detailing centuries or millennia of male violence. This stuff's not easy. It is, however, actually the most important work. So when the most important work is not being done, you don't see change on a broad level. If you've been enjoying the Gentleman Podcast, I'd like to ask you for your help. Growing a community and an online presence takes a lot of participation from listeners such as yourself to really help things take off. If you value this show and it has been meaningful in your life, help me out by doing one of the following. Leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen recommending it via word of mouth to your friends and family is another massive way that you can help this podcast grow following on social media and liking the content gentleman podcast is our instagram handle you can also find us on youtube at gentleman podcast three words i really appreciate your help and your support it's one of the things that will help me to keep making this content and to keep making it better as well thank you Now, this change is happening because people are doing the work. And a lot of people who aren't men are doing the work. They're bringing the mountain to Muhammad. And men are just getting dragged, kicking and screaming into a new paradigm. So a lot of the progress that's being made hasn't been made by men. But it's being made nevertheless due to the hard work of everyone who's doing it, people who are actually having that conversation. Men need to be in that conversation. They need to be at the center of the conversation. Men needs change. We won't see true transformation of culture until men are at the forefront of their own transformation. It's time for men to have these difficult conversations with themselves, with their therapists, with the people they care about. It's time for men to own up to their pain. It's time for men to summon any courage they can summon to walk into the darkness and meet themselves. Because I'll tell you what is attractive, what will make people interested in you, what will make people respect you, what will make people desire you. All of the things that men want come out of this work. People who know themselves, people who have done the hard work of earning self-respect, people for whom it's evident that they have educated themselves, people who have proved their competence via the work of essentially growing up. These people are attractive. People want to be in relationships with people like that. People want to be friends with people like that. People want people like that working in their businesses. People want to elect people like that to public office. It may not be as quick as a tip, a trick, or a hack, but the results are more profound. You start pretending to be confident, you start to be actually confident. You stop pretending that you know how to talk to people. You can actually talk to people because of your lived experience. You stop feeling subject to the toxic people in your life because you've worked through some of that toxicity and you've recognized that this is not what you need. And you start finding people who support you. And when you spend more time with people who support you and when you spend more time supporting the people in your life, you are more likely to find happiness. This is what men really want. It's what everyone really wants. So I hope that you listening will take me up on this invitation. You don't have to start big. You don't have to climb the entire mountain in one day. You won't. Quite frankly, you won't. This is actually some of the hardest stuff you'll ever do, and it is worth it. I think that there is no work in the world right now for men to do that is more compelling than this work. I honestly don't. This is it, this is our opportunity. This is our opportunity to be what we wish to see in the world. This is our chance to make a world full of loving men, full of peaceful men, full of responsible men, full of men who are a gift to their culture, to their families, to their workplaces, to their religious congregations. Join me in this work, see a therapist, talk to someone you trust, Try to feel your feelings, just start, get started. Whatever feels like a start to you, get started. Thank you for listening to another episode. It's my privilege to be able to discuss this with you. I appreciate you. And I hope that you'll join me next time. Bye-bye.